I'd like to welcome everyone to services this evening. Our opening song will be number 311, number 311. We'll sing the first, second, and last verses, number 311. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. When darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. When he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. Tonight's scripture reading will be taken from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 and 11. Ephesians 6, 10 and 11. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Our song before the opening prayer this evening would be number 369. Number 369. We'll sing all four verses. Number 369. More about Jesus would I know, more of his grace to others show, more of his saving fullness see, more of his love who died for me. More, more about Jesus, more, more about Jesus, more of his saving fullness see, more of his love who died for me. More about Jesus, let me learn. More of his holy will discern. Spirit of God, my teacher be, showing the things of Christ to me. More, more about Jesus. More, more about Jesus. More of his saving fullness see. More of his love who died for me. More about Jesus in his word, holding communion with my Lord, hearing his voice in every line, making each faithful saying mine. 
More, more about Jesus. More, more about Jesus. More of his saving fullness seen. More of his love who died for me. More about Jesus on his throne. Riches and glory all his own. More of his kingdom sure increase. More of his coming prince of peace. More, more about Jesus. More, more about Jesus. More of his saving fullness see. More of his love who died for me. Let us pray. Eternal God of a heavenly Father, hallowed be thy great and glorious name. Father, we come before you now asking that you would forgive us of our sins and shortcomings. And Father, help us to uh, be stronger in the days ahead. We're thankful, Father, for this day that you've given us. We're thankful for uh, this opportunity of worship. We pray, Heavenly Father, that this worship will be acceptable in your sight. Our Father, we're mindful of those who are sick. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you would sit unto them the things that they need at this particular time and be with their families. Father, we also are mindful of those who are grieving loss of loved ones. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you would uh, be with them and uh, comfort them. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you would help them to look to you and your word for the comfort and the strength uh, that they'll need in the days ahead. Father, we pray that you would uh, continue to watch over us and bless us. And Father, we're thankful for your word. Uh, We're thankful for Jesus who gave his life for us. And Father, we pray that you would uh, continue to bless us. For this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. At this time, would you please mark the invitation song, which will be number 739. The invitation song will be number 739. The song before the lesson this evening will be number 377. Number 377. We'll sing the first, second, and last verses. Will you stand, please? Tempted and tried, we're off made to wonder why it should be thus all the day long, while there are others living about us, never molested, though in the wrong, Father along with know all about it. Father along will understand why. Cheer up my brother, live in the sunshine. We'll understand it all by and by. When death has come and taken our loved ones, It leaves our home. 
lonely and drear. Then do we wonder why others prosper, living so wicked year after year. Father, along will know all about it. Father, along will understand why. Cheer up, my brother. Live in the sunshine. We'll understand it all by and by. When we see Jesus coming in glory, when he comes from his home in the sky, then we shall meet him in that bright mansion. We'll understand it all by and by. Father along will know all about it. Father along will understand why. Cheer up, my brother, live in the sunshine. We'll understand it. All by and by. Be seated, please. <clears throat> Howard has gotten older. I appreciate that song. Father along, we will understand it better by and by. There's a lot of things we don't understand in this earth. I wish that God had given us more divine and perfect knowledge, but we do the best we can with what we have and trust that we're fully equipped to know what we need to know to get to heaven. And uh, tonight we're going to be doing another Let the Bible Speak. I enjoy these. Um, what I've actually done on our Sunday night question and answer night is I've, I've kind of introduced a topic that blends with our Wednesday night study. Those of you that are here on Wednesday night know that we've been talking about angels. And in the, in, toward the end of our study on angels, we're going to talk about fallen angels and the, the uh, origin of Satan, where did he come from, why does God allow evil in the world, and with all those things in mind, I thought it'd be a nice way to kind of dovetail tonight's lesson into Wednesday night and talk about demons. So I'm not an expert in demonology, um, but I'll share with you what we know from the Bible. And so I went back a, several years ago, I did this lesson, I, I brought it up, did a little modification to it, so I thought it might be good to go back and visit demons and see where they fall in this this uh, this big picture of angels spirit beings and the battle that goes on in unseen places so let's turn to mark 5 it's a good place to start mark 5 1 through 20 this is the the, the famous uh, encounter with the the garrisons the man who's there who's possessed by many demons and then we'll see uh, draw some conclusions from this event so we're just going to read 1 through 20 as we start out tonight with, on the topic of demons. They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerasenes. When Jesus stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain, for he had often been bound with shackles, chains, but he wrenched the chains apart. He broke the shackles in pieces. So here we, we have one indication of demonic possession, has superhuman strength. Nobody could even 
come close to binding this man, not even with chains. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out, cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him and crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of most God, high God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For he was saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. So we already see Jesus has commanded the spirit or spirits to come out of the man. And uh, they said, please, please don't torment me. What is your name? My name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now, a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him, saying, send us to the pigs, let us enter them. So he gave them permission, and the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs and the herd, numbering about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. The herdsmen fled and told it in the city, in the country. People came to see what it what was that had happened. They came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had had the legion sitting there, clothed and in his right mind. So we've clearly seen a trans- transition now between a demon-possessed man who couldn't be restrained, and now he's sitting there clothed and in his right mind. The Bible says they, the people witnessing this, were afraid. Those who had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and the pigs. They began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. He was getting into the boat. The man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. He did not permit him, but said to him, Go home and to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. He went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and everyone marveled. This is a remarkable story. Some things that we can observe in our next slide. We know that unclean spirit probably is the same as a demon, a man possessed. The spirit was very strong, superhuman strength, Um, One of the things that I've always said about demonic possession, demons, when they're involved in human beings, demons never do their host any favors. And we're going to see another example in just a few moments of a a young boy who has been harmed by demons. So the dark side, evil forces, demonic forces are are never good to their host. And, And there ought to be a lesson for us as God's children that there is light, and there's darkness. The Bible uses this consistently throughout its existence that we're children of the light, not children of the darkness. Children of the darkness are bound for eternal punishment under God. These forces stand in opposition to God. And if you go back to the very beginning, probably before our creation, when there was a um, a civil war in heaven, if you will, rebellious forces against God. These people who were strong-willed, who violated God's will and sinned, were cast down. Satan and all of his angels and these demonic forces are now, unfortunately, have some freedom to roam on earth. So it did harm to the man. Uh, He recognized Jesus right away. You know, why do angels, why do demons know Jesus? 
Well, they're, they're beings that were created by God himself. They were in heavenly realm at one time and then were cast down. So they know Jesus, they know his power, and they know his authority. They were already begging him not to harm them even before he had anything to do with them. So it's sort of interesting. Legion was the name given to this group of demons. Uh, so it was probably a large number of demons in this poor man. Uh, there was more than one, and uh, they were called unclean spirits in verse 13. So, by the way, it's probably a good time to answer the question, what exactly is a demon? Is a demon, uh, some people think mistakenly that a demon might be a person who's very evil, who died and has gone to the Hadean realm that comes back and torments people. I believe a demon simply is just a fallen angel. A demon is a spirit being. They're unseen agents, fallen angels of the devil himself. Um, now, I haven't found anything that teaches contrary to that, but that's my understanding is a demon is just an angel that has superhuman power. They have the ability to move between earth and other areas uh, in this universe. So they're very, very powerful. After all, they were a created angel who is now turned to the dark side, if you will. So um, that's my understanding In uh, Mark 5, verse 19, he tells this man when he's in his right mind, now no longer controlled by these harmful demons, he says, go home, report to them what great thing the Lord has done for you and how he had mercy on you. Uh, I feel sorry for anyone who was ever demon-possessed. Let's turn over to Mark 9, just a few chapters beyond 5, and in this case, Uh, We're going to look at down toward the end of Mark. Let's see. Here it is in verse 20. Well, actually, beginning around verse 17, we see a man who brought his son. His his, uh, son had an evil spirit that made him mute. And then it says in verse 18 that the same spirit seized him, threw him down. He foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. Uh, They were not able to cast out this demon. Again, remember that when demons possessed a human being, uh, it's never pleasant. The the host body is never helped by the demon. It's hurt and terrible things happen. Um, And then Jesus rebuked them, O faithless generation. Verse 20 They brought the boy to him, to Jesus, and when the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy. Spirits, demonic spirits and forces don't like Jesus because they understand they're standing in the presence of God. So it convulsed the boy. He fell on the ground, rolled about foaming. Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? He said, from childhood. It, that is this demon, has often cast him into the fire, into water, to destroy him. There's another great lesson. Don't mess with dark forces. Don't mess with demonic beings and Satan. Satan's only purpose, church, is to destroy God's creation. He can, he can wrap up his temptations to you in a bow and make them look all attractive and put glitter on them, but in the end, he wants to destroy. I'm telling you. He is out to take out God's creation, us. So don't let Satan trap you. Don't think somehow that he's going to offer you something better than God could. He only destroys. 
If you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Verse 23, Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. So uh, the father of the child cried uh, out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. Then Jesus basically rebukes this unclean spirit and says, you mute and deaf spirit, I command you come out of him and never enter him again. After crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out and the boy was like a corpse so that most of them said he is dead. Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. We entered the house. His disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. Interesting note, church, when you're struggling with demonic forces, when you're struggling with temptation and you sense evil things in your life, pray about it. Pray about it. That's what Jesus did when he got rid of a demon. He prayed, and the demon only through prayer could be removed. So I want to talk about a couple of things. What about demonic possession today? Why don't we see people in the United States that are demon-possessed? Why back in the times of Jesus? It's been mentioned to me, and I think this makes sense in our next slide, that in certain cultures where there seems to be more of an embracing uh, of witchcraft and people who are in the demonic spirits and incantations and spells, the dark arts, where we see more of that in a culture, there seems to be more demonic possession. And I've always felt like when you open up that door for the devil, he's going to come in. And so when there's people in the culture, in a particular society, that are practicing demonic um, dark arts, uh, witchcraft, things like that, witch doctors, demon possession, you see you see more. That, and so here's a witch doctor, obviously some, probably somewhere in Africa, but uh, this is true in like south, some parts of South America, down in Mexico. Um, and so we, we have to understand that Satan has, has existed since the very creation of the angels. These dark forces will continue to exist in our society. But um, we need to understand that, that even on, on earth, there are evil and demonic forces around us. Um, and in Colossians 1, you'll see in verse 15, 16 in the next slide, it says, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven, on earth, visible and invisible. So just as angels, and I hope you can appreciate this from our class on Wednesday night, as angels have uh, various levels of government uh, demon, demonic forces do as well. There's, there's major uh, leaders in, in the demonic forces. Uh, Beelzebul, who's the prince of, of demons, is over his demonic forces and reports to Satan. So there's thrones, dominions, rulers, authorities. All things were created through him and for him, Colossians 1. We have to remember, too, that there are those forces on earth. We can't see them with our eyes, but they're present. Evil and demonic forces. So I'm not trying to scare anybody, but it's the truth. There, there's evil, there's good, and we have to cling to what's good. Let's turn to Ephesians 6 for just a moment. See what we can learn about these unseen forces. I'll start in verse 10. And here's the admonition from Paul to the church at Ephesus about the armor of God. Finally, be strong in the Lord and put and in the strength of his might, put on the whole armor of God. The whole armor of God, why? So you can stand. You're able to stand against the schemes of the devil. This is so true in, in our society today. 
By the way, one night from tonight, we're going to be talking to young people at our opening area-wide youth devo here about the topic heavy. Heavy basically means heavy uh, topics, difficult burdens that young people face as they grow up in a, in, a, in a society that often has demonic forces in it. We know that life has gotten a little more complicated. There's a lot more temptations out there for young people, things that they deal with that we never dreamed that we would encounter back in high school, right? Those of us that are older, they're now having to deal with. And it's scary. It's heavy uh, burden that they must bear. And so sort of think about that, our young people and these four evil spiritual forces that they're having to uh, fight against. So the schemes of the devil, verse 11, for we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, authorities, cosmic powers, present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. You see, demons are not bound to just earth. Demons can travel back and forth between these unseen areas that are in different parts of the universe. And, uh, and they can be dispatched by the devil to come and torment or do whatever they do. And we fight against these unseen forces. Therefore, verse 13, to sum up all what Paul has just said, here's your defense. Here's what you need to do against these unseen forces. Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, um, he said, put on the readiness of the gospel for your feet, just like shoes, uh, shield of faith. And why is the shield of faith present? He said, so you can extinguish flaming darts of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times. So there's our defense. We have a prayer and supplication. Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and so, um, basically, we, we have to understand that the devil is constantly working. Uh, it's just like warfare. You go back and you study um, war in, in any of the wars, World War II, Vietnam, um, the Korean War, any of these wars, you see two forces that are pitted against each other, and even to this day, we fight against dark forces, um, spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places, verse 12. So again, we have in slide 16, we have the armor of God. It's the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, belt of truth, sword of the spirit, uh, the feet protected by the gospel, the shield of faith. So armor up, church. Let's be ready and fight. Uh, It makes me mindful of what John wrote in his epistle. John said to the church, greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. What he's talking about is the prince of the power of this world or this earth, Satan himself. Greater is he who is in us. We have in us God's spirit. We have in us uh, an ability to overcome those evil forces. We don't have to fall victim to demonic forces. So in slide 17, I've just simply said, do not fear. Don't have to fear. You see, God has equipped us. And he's given us power. He's given us weapons. We can stand firm if we armor up. We as God's children must put on all of those things that is the armor of God. Even if we can't see these things, then we have that ability to withstand. So 
go back and review Ephesians 6 again and look at all the things that need to be done in the beginning of that chapter, um, in starting in verse 10, to be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might and putting on the whole armor. So go back and commit that to memory. Look at all the things that need to be done and decide where is the weakness in your armor. And so often, so often in our personal or private lives, we may start dabbling in some kind of sin, a secret sin that no one knows about. And, and when, when we do that, when we engage in willful or active sin, it's like taking off armor, right? Taking off armor. We're making ourselves vulnerable to God's attacks. And so uh, leave the armor on, be strong, be vigilant, and uh, remember that those demonic forces are subject to God's power, and God is in us. God calls the devil the God of this world. So it's exciting. I don't know about you, but I get tired as a minister when I counsel and work with families, and I see the forces of, of the devil at work in men among us. I see the devil doing terrible things to innocent people. I think, man, won't it be wonderful when one day I'm in heaven and there will be no devil. There will be no evil forces. There will be no sin. All of those sinful, evil, wicked people will be in in a place separate from God. Uh, I will be there observing God, seeing the face of the Lamb of God. And there'll be no temptation, there'll be no struggle, there'll be no tears, there'll be no cancer, there'll be no effects or consequences of sin. And I'm just so excited. It's kind of like my job is done and I can relax and just bathe in the glory of my creator and just enjoy myself. My struggles will be over. Wow, that'll be great. But right now, it's 24-7. 24-7. You guys out there that are helping people that are involved in sin, you know what I mean. Um, It's the the old devil is is a a worthy adversary. I want to spend just a few minutes tonight as we bring our lesson toward a close at looking briefly at this concept of the spirit world uh, and talk about ghosts. And are these ghosts from God or from the devil? Should we fear them? What is a ghost? Uh, I don't know how I can really answer that. The spirit, there's, there's a spirit world out there, uh, and I think that maybe, <clears throat> maybe we need to pray more about understanding the spirit world. I personally have not seen an apparition, a ghost, uh, a phantom. These are all mentioned in the Bible, by the way, even in Job. There's a reference to a ghost that goes by and makes your hair stand up on the back of your neck. I don't know if you knew that. It's in the book of Job. Um, I have talked to people who are members of the church that have seen ghosts. I had a lady, one lady that Meg and I know. She said she woke up one night. She lives in an old, old farmhouse. Uh, but she woke up one night and saw a man standing at the end of her bed. And um, I can't remember exactly what happened. I think he just disappeared or walked out or something. But anyway, she jumped up, and he wasn't there. It was, it, it was just a form. There's, there's been so many documented evidences of spirits, ghosts. Um, I wish I could tell you more, but are they from God or from the devil? Should we fear them? Uh, all I know is that when we die, we know that there's a part of us that continues to live, right? A spirit, an eternal spirit. And, and sometimes uh, maybe people who have that ability to, to come back from that other veil 
on the other side. Some claim to seem through the veil. Uh, I, I have personally been with people that are near death. Uh, one gentleman in particular I've told a few about, he, he was looking up intently through the ceiling uh, before he passed, and I, I asked him what he was looking at, and he said, I see things. I'm like, really? What, what do you see up there? He goes, just different things like stars and planets, and uh, he said Star Trek stuff. I don't know how you're supposed to interpret that. Star Trek stuff. Okay. Uh, later in the night when we were around his bed, his family and I were sitting there. He looked over to the corner of the room. In the corner, he looked up and he said, Excuse me, miss. Are you here to help me or hurt me? I don't know. These are just... I, when a person's near death, in my opinion, there, there seems to be maybe an opening of the veil. They can begin to see into that spirit world. They can begin to see things that we don't see with our eyes. And so they're there. They're real. And, uh, and so there are some that claim to be able to see and communicate with people on the other side. Perhaps you've seen examples of seances or um, people who can communicate with the dead, and they're happy to take the money of those who are grieving. You know, they... You probably have heard of things like the Long Island Medium. Um, what's his name? You know, on Oprah Winfrey, we had, uh, I can't think of his name, David something. Uh, and so there's people out there profiting that claim to be able to communicate. And I, I've always found it interesting, Megan, I've talked about this. The message they usually bring over is, tell everybody I'm fine. Have you ever noticed that? Tell everybody I'm good. I'm like, no, I think they may be lying because I think there's people that maybe are on the other side that aren't so fine and they're not good. Maybe they're in a terrible place and tormented. So just be careful of these uh, psychic powers. But I, I think it's interesting to note, if you want to turn over to 1 Samuel 28, there's a validity to this claim of communicating with the dead. Spirits and mediums. Uh, in 1 Samuel 28, you may recall that King uh, Saul was already on a, a serious spiritual decline. He had basically had an a evil spirit that was tormenting him. He'd already attempted to kill the anointed King David a couple of times before he was king. And he now, in desperation, with Samuel being gone, Samuel being his spiritual advisor, Young Samuel, who had now become old Samuel, who was advising him, had passed away. And it says that he went to a witch. He disguised himself because, you see, mediums and spiritists had been forbidden in the land. God had forbidden it. So he disguises himself. King Saul now goes to this witch of Endor and says, I want you to conjure up, call up from the dead, Samuel. Boy, this is interesting stuff, and it's in the Bible. The woman replied, surely you know what Saul has done, how he has killed the mediums and spiritists in the land. Why have you set a trap to get me killed, she says. Saul swore to her by the Lord, as surely as the Lord lives, no punishment shall come upon you for this. Verse 11, now it gets into the meat of our meeting. Whom shall I bring up for you, the woman asked. Bring up Samuel, he replied. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried out, 
in a loud voice and said to Saul, Why have you deceived me? You are Saul. Aren't you curious how she knew that? How did she know he was Saul? Maybe, I, I don't know. I'm just curious. Maybe she knew that Samuel was Saul's advisor. Maybe Samuel was angry that he'd been roused from his sleep, and he said to her, oh, this is King Saul. He brought me up. I don't know. The the Bible doesn't tell us, but as soon as Samuel appears, the woman cried out because she recognized Saul. Why have you deceived me? You are Saul. Do not be afraid, he said. The king replied, what do you see? And so basically we see something happening that's very displeasing to God because uh, King Saul used the, the evil forces or power of a medium, a spiritus, to uh, communicate with the dead, something that had been forbidden. And we know that shortly thereafter, um, King Saul died in battle along with his sons because he had done wicked things. He had departed from the Lord. So I want to close and just kind of talk about the spirit world, mediums, seances, uh, anything like that. Uh, I really... I really don't think there's anything like good witchcraft and, and evil demonic forces. So here's some advertisements I found on the next slide. Uh, witchcraft and Wicca. Uh, magic in your cupboards. Walking with the ancestors. Intuitive spellcraft. Where witchcraft lives. Meet the artist. And then uh, finding your way in Wicca. Spider goddesses. Walking the Path of Fairy, I don't know what that is. Italian Witchcraft, Meet the Artist, and so. And then here's another one I thought was interesting. This next book is an introduction to Wicca, for those of you that want to get started in witchcraft. Yeah. Now, Wicca, uh, if, if you're not sure what Wicca is, my understanding is Wicca is a good witch, right? It's, it's when you cast spells and incantations for good purposes, not evil purposes, but let me ask you a question. Is there really anything such as a good witch? And you're going, what about Sabrina? Now, that's TV, people. That's Hollywood, right? God says, stay away from this stuff. There's no such thing. So I don't know where you stand on Hollywood and the media presentation of witchcrafts and sorcery, but it's something that we shouldn't dabble in. Yes, when I was little, we used a Ouija board. Yes. I'll admit, I didn't know any better. I wouldn't do that today, but I don't know why my mom even allowed a Ouija board in my house. She's a minister's wife. Come on, mom. But uh, yeah, everything Wicca and witchcraft unlock the secrets of ancient rituals, spells, blessings, and sacred objects. Now, you may recall in the New Testament, there was a particular group of people who had been converted to Christianity who had been practicing witchcraft. And so as soon as they were converted to Christianity, they kept their witchcraft books, right? Wrong. What did they do with their witchcraft books? They put them in a big pile and they burned them all. And it came to a large, large sum of money because these were valuable books on the open market. You could sell it. So they burned them. And I think that if we are God's children, we don't need to have anything to do with the occult, with witchcraft, with Wicca, with spells, with incantations. So uh, the last question I asked is, when you see these kinds of forces at work and satanic symbols, 
These people are working for the prince of the power of darkness, right? There is nothing that is good about witchcraft, sorcery, or the dark arts. So the last slide tonight, and I hope you enjoyed our lesson where we talk about demonic forces. Uh, God forbids us from dabbling, and we don't need to communicate with the dead. Uh, stay away from dark witchcraft, conjuring spirits, Wicca, dark arts, seances, Ouija boards, tarot cards. Just don't get involved. Don't go there. Uh, if there's any book that you need to study, study the living word, God's word itself, because it will bring you life. It will bring you uh, a hope and promise of eternity with God. And so we want to just close tonight inviting you, if there's something you need to do to be more secure in your salvation, if there's something you need to do to confess sin or you would like to request prayer, if maybe you've been battling with some dark forces or dabbling in something that's dark or sinful, we would welcome and be honored to pray for you tonight. We all struggle in different ways and in different times. But I thought uh, as we kind of begin to wrap up our study on angels, it might be good at least tonight to look at the world of the fallen angel, what they do and how they influence us, and the fact that their power is very real and very present among us today. So um, hope you enjoyed that lesson from Let the Bible Speak. I kind of resurrected that old lesson. So the invitation song is yours, and Howard's going to lead us. If you need to respond, please come. Let's stand and sing. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me. No turning back, no turning back. Though none go with me, I still will follow. Though none go with me, I still will follow. Though none go with me, I still will follow. No turning back, no turning back. Will you decide now to follow Jesus? Will you decide now to follow Jesus? Will you decide now to follow Jesus? No turning back, no turning back. If there are any here tonight who have not had an opportunity to partake of the Lord's Supper, it's been prepared. Uh, if you go to room one, you'll be showed uh, and be served at that time. Uh, our closing song will be number 326. Number 326, we'll sing the first and last verses, leaning on the everlasting arms. What a fellowship, what a joy divine, leaning on the everlasting arms. What a blessedness, what a peace is mine, leaning on the everlasting arms. Leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all alarms. Leaning.
leaning on the everlasting arms. What have I to dread? What have I to fear? Leaning on the everlasting arms. I have blessed peace with my Lord so near. Leaning on the everlasting arms. Leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all alarms. Leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms. Pray with me, please. Dear Lord God in heaven, we come before you this evening so very thankful for the blessings that we have in our lives, for our health and the means and ability and the freedom to be able to gather in your name today, Lord. We pray that you be with those in our numbers that are struggling with loss, Lord, or illness, or uh, many of the struggles that, that they may face in their lives, Lord. We pray that you be with them, that you provide them the comfort and the healing that they need. We pray that you help us to seek them out and to offer any help or assistance that we may be able to provide as well, Lord. We pray that you be with us as we go through this world, Lord, that you help us to always strive to shine as your light, that we always live our lives as a means of example, Lord, of your grace and your mercy. We help to show those around us and help them to understand the the power of the the life that was given on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins and and the salvation that can be uh, anyone's who, who follows your word, Lord. We pray that you be with us through this week, that you help us to do things in accordance to your will. We pray, Lord, that you just keep us safe and, and healthy as we go through this week. In Christ's name, amen.